0: this episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 8, Episode 6.
1: This is Writing Excuses, Retellings, and Potentially Adaptations. Fifteen
0: minutes long. Because you're in a hurry.
1: And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. Okay. Retellings. Retellings are very popular in the YA and still um, a lesser extent the middle grade genre. Uh, but they happen in all genres. Yes. Usually in adult, they're a little more hidden um, than they are no, in children's. Unless it's a Hollywood
2: movie, which unless is it's about 60% remakes today. Yes. Yeah. Um, or but or unless a it's a
3: Shakespeare retelling, in which case they use it as a marketing... <laughs> Yeah, a retelling retelling is
1: taking an a very specific story or historical event, often a story or a myth, and doing it in a new way. Um sometimes you paint over completely. For instance, The Lion King is a retelling of Hamlet. Yes. Um quite famously in story circles, but if you say that to the average person, they say, "What?" Mm-hmm. Um and it goes all the way to the various Snow White adaptations we've had come out this year, which are really retellings. Yeah. We're tell- mm-hmm. retelling Snow White, taking something familiar to people, and we're telling it in a new way to, to make it fresh to them again.
0: Yeah, or the, uh, the Terry Datling, uh, Terry, listen to me, Terry Windling, Ellen Datlow. Yes. Uh, fairy tale series. Yep. Uh, those were wonderful where they really did take, you know, these, these mythic figures mm-hmm. and, reinterpret them right
1: and a really good retelling is a reinterpretation yes. like that like mists of avalon is a perfect example very good. review let's look at the arthurian myth but we're going to do it through the eyes of the women involved um and these sorts of things they they they're engaging um they build off of common ground they're usually a, a very interesting way to go you can all go all the way to doing something like george r, r. martin who has said before game of thrones is a retelling of war of Ro- the roses in a secondary world fantasy
0: which then brings up the question of, you know, why would you do this? Which is actually something that um, one of our listeners asked me. Yeah. Um, because he was complaining, not complaining, he noted these similarities between Shades of Milk and Honey and Pride and Prejudice and mm-hmm. felt that I had done a retelling mm-hmm. and, and wanted to know why anyone would bother retelling a story that already existed. Right. Which gets back to the question of originality mm-hmm. and, and, you know...
3: The, well, the... The answer to the question is because that's not the story that you are telling in the retelling.
4: Well, in in in, many,
3: well, I mean, with with Shades of Milk and Honey isn't a retelling. It is not a retelling. Yeah. So putting putting that to rest. But what I'm saying is that when you do a uh, when you do a retelling of uh, of some things, what you're exploring is. Uh, characters or aspects of the story that really aren't explored.
1: Yeah, well, right. and,
0: and I would argue that both uh, *Shades of Milk and Honey* and *Pride and Prejudice* are both retellings of *Beauty and the Beast*.
1: Okay, you mm-hmm. could you could definitely make that argument. Which *Beauty and the Beast* is a retelling yeah.
0: of *Cupid yeah. and Psyche*. Right. You know. <laughs> so
2: there's there's a lot. What I love about retellings is the sense of play. Yeah. And this is not present in all of them, but mm-hmm. for example, uh, the movie *Clueless* with Alicia Mm. Silverstone, which is a retelling of Emma by uh, Jane Austen, is, it's a fun movie on its own, but if you're familiar with the source work, it's at least 10 times as fun. Yeah. Because you get to see how the author is playing
3: around. Uh, In raising the specter of Hollywood retelling, uh, many of the things that we see in, uh, in Hollywood now are retellings, reimaginings, adaptations, in which they want us to know that they are retelling this story because it's a marketing thing. They, yes, they think yes. it will build the audience. And I think as authors, that's probably not a great reason to do a retelling. No. We wanna, we, we can afford to experiment. We're not, we don't have, we don't need to justify the expenditure of a hundred million dollars. We're mm-hmm. gonna write a book that's interesting. Right, And. Mm-hmm. Well, but I think we, go
2: ahead.
0: I think one of the reasons to, that to, that Hollywood uses it as marketing. It's the same thing that that will often draw a writer to it. It's the the nostalgia for that story, mm-hmm. and and the comfort and the the you know this is something that I love. Um, and, and I'm thinking specifically of uh, Scalzi's retelling of Little Fuzzy, um, mm-hmm. which is which is a reboot.
1: Right. Um, but that's that's a classical retelling. I mean, yes. reinterpretation rather than a lot of the Hollywood quote unquote retellings are not so much retelling. They're They're doing the same thing just again. Mm -hmm. Uh, An example of this would be the Harrison Ford Sabrina versus the old Sabrina, which Mm -hmm. is kind of basically the same story. It's not adaptation or retelling. It's more like an update. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, Then there's also uh, Tad Williams' Caliban's Hour. Yes.
1: I really do like that.
0: Which is a wonderful book. And it's a retelling of The Tempest from the point of view of Caliban. And also then takes us past the end of Tempest. Um, So that's... One of the things that I particularly like about retellings is that um, it allows you to think about the story in different ways. Particularly if you pick a familiar story, and not all retellings have to do this, but if you pick a familiar story and then you tell it from the point of view of a different character, the the knowledge that our readers bring to the story from the original uh-huh. can can add tension and... and um, and you know that sense of fun sometimes, mm-hmm. sense of dread sometimes, because you know what's coming.
2: Yeah, uh, such as Rosencrantz and Guildenstern,
0: Guildenstern Are Dead*, exactly. Um,
2: which is you know, a, a, or also *Ender's Shadow*, which is a retelling mm. of Ender's game. Yeah. From, right, from the same author point
1: of view, doing it. And, yeah, yeah,
2: he's doing a retelling of his own story, mm-hmm. and it does add a lot of tension in both of those books. Or the book and
3: play. The hope that I had for *Snow White and the Huntsman* was that we would follow the Huntsman's POV, that Snow White's, you know, the beginning of Snow White's story, the origins of the stepmother right. were irrelevant, that the Huntsman gets pulled into this thing and the story unfolds from his point of view right. and he realizes, oh my gosh, I'm embroiled in, wow, this is huge, and I guess I'm gonna help this girl. And, uh, this and is, that yeah. would have been fun. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? That story is still available for you to retell. That's right. Um this is why Wicked has been so popular. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wicked
1: is a very famous version of a retelling. Um it's retelling, obviously, the um Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wizard of Oz, but through the evil um character's viewpoint. Um
0: which Yes. Which brings up the question. So we brought we talked about retellings, but we're we're talking about both retellings and adaptations. Mm-hmm. And some of the top things we've talked about are, in fact, adaptations. Like yes, they are. Clueless is an adaptation, I think, arguably. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: so
1: which is where you're moving one thing to a different medium completely yes. and doing it in a completely different way. Um, and I would say, yeah, you could. Y- this line is going to blur, though, because at what point, you, what, where's your definition what, in which way? Um, I think looking at it for writers, we should maybe talk about using it to take something from the past, use it as an inspiration um, to tell your story. Um, whether you do it overtly or not, how can this help you?
0: As for a new writer, um, mm-hmm. one of the things that I found really helpful when I was getting started, and I was trying to figure out plot mm-hmm. and character, and you know, there's all of these different things you learn. The thing that's really nice about taking a classic fairy tale and retelling it yeah. is you already have your plot structure just sitting right. there. And you know it's a successful one because this story keeps getting retold.
1: It's the reason why fanfic is so appealing is you have set characters. It, it s- shrinks the scale of what you have to do. And sometimes what you have to do in telling a story seems so daunting to a yep. new writer. We can shrink the scale and we can we can tell a story
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. focusing on the parts that we don't have to invent.
0: If you look at... Um... I believe that I... This is a, a story that I have online. It's uh, Cerbo in Vitro Ujo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the secret to that one is, if you know it's there, it is a retelling of Snow Queen.
4: Mm.
1: Okay.
0: In space.
1: Snow Queen. Like, oh, Hans yeah. Christian yeah. Andersen's... Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: It's a, For it, a minute,
1: I was thinking Winter Winter Queen, which yeah. is yeah. Um, Joan Finji. It's Benji. a
0: retelling of Hans Christian Andersen's uh-huh. Snow Queen in space. And I did that, actually, because I needed to write this story fairly quickly. Uh-huh. And I so. I was like, this is a story structure I know and am very familiar with, and and I'm familiar with the thematic elements mm-hmm. of this story. Um, and setting it on a space station allows me to play with those thematic elements and update it for a modern audience and make it still accessible and hopefully write the story a little faster. I would
3: like to point out that the principal difference between, I mean, I agree with you said with what you said, Brandon, about uh, yeah uh, the line uh, retellings, yeah. retellings and fanfics. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fanfic gives you characters that you're familiar with that you can play with yes. and build a new story structure under. Right. Uh, retellings gives you a story, story structure, structure yeah. that you can put completely different characters on top of. That's a very good point. I think a good exercise mm-hmm. for writers is to take a story structure, or excuse me, take a, take a story that you know yeah. but that you haven't really analyzed. Uh, For me, a good example would be Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember parts of Midsummer Night's Dream, but if I sat down and watched watched the play or read the play or watched one of the remakes and forced myself to outline it, Mm -hmm. forced myself to look at it in terms of the seven-point story structure or Hollywood formula or something like that, if I forced myself to look at it in those terms... Then that would suddenly be a, an incredibly powerful tool for me to write a story with completely different characters, completely different setting mm-hmm. that I know will work. Because okay, that's straying a little bit into
1: what we've talked about before. Using inspirations, I think this is actually more. You're you're stripping it down to its bones. We only want to go to its muscles with uh, with, the, with the retelling. But we're going to. So stop. I have to keep the donkey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna stop for a book of the week
2: yeah, our book of the week this week is a uh, retelling of Cinderella. It's called Cinder by Marissa Meyer. Oh, yeah. It is uh, science fiction uh, about cyborgs. Cinderella is a cyborg, and uh, their cyborgs are a second-class citizen, kind of a slave cast in this society. And uh, it's very fun. It's part of this kind of new wave of, of young adult SF, and uh, is a great retelling of Cinderella. So Marissa Meyer, Cinder.
3: I've told you this before. Now I shall retell you. I'm so sorry. Audiblepodcast.com excuse. You can start a 30-day free trial membership and download Cinder by Marissa Meyer. Absolutely free. And then go find something else that you know you'll love and uh, pick it up for 30% off. Um, and I think getting back to our roots, we really want to talk about this type of story yeah.
1: because um, we've talked about you know, adaptation is one direction where you're... You know, you're not taking off very much at all. Um, and the other direction is stripping it down to its bones and learning and using that core. This retelling is in the middle. You are wearing it usually on your sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are saying, this is what we're doing. We're gonna, you're going to follow the plot structure exactly. And you're going to add something new to it. And this is a, a, a creative exercise, I feel. It's really exciting to do, actually. People may say, why would you do it? I find it exciting because you get to... You get to do fun things mm-hmm. with a shared
3: common experience. You know, let me ask the, or answer the question that, uh, that I think this, this whole cast grew out of. Why would you retell a story that's already been told? The answer is, uh, why would you, well, ask a different question. Why would you read or watch a story that is a retelling of something that's already been told? Lots of us do it. Yes. If you've ever done it. Ask yourself why. Oh, that's why point. did I want to yeah. see Snow White and the Huntsman? Why mm-hmm. did I want to see Mirror Mirror? Why did I want to see uh, I can't Wicked. For example. It, Wicked. Know, it is
0: exactly the same reason that small children watch Teletubbies again and again and again. We are attracted to the familiar, but as we get older, what we want is the familiar and the strange, and that's what a retelling allows us to deliver. Just, I mean, that's what it is yeah. right out of the gate. Exactly. That's um, why I, the
3: troll in Snow White and the Huntsman had that television in his stomach. <laughs> That's exactly right. I, I love Again. watching every <laughs> new edition, uh, every new
2: adaptation of Pride and Prejudice that comes out. Mm-hmm. And there's dozens, mm-hmm. I think. And every one that comes out approaches that classic story in a different way and yeah. it teaches me something new about it.
0: Yes, and something approaches the classic story in a different way. Is something I actually want to contradict something you said, okay. which is uh, that a retelling where you do the the plot structure exactly point by point okay. by point. Yeah, and I think that sometimes that is valid. Mm-hmm. But what is what another thing is to look at what the plot elements are and mm-hmm. have it play out in a different manner.
1: You could and changing the ending only. I mean, Wicked does this. Yes, Wicked is different ending to mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz, happy mm-hmm. ending for the Wicked Witch. Um, and it is fundamental to why that piece works. And so, yes, um, there, you're going to make changes. But the... the, the
0: there yeah. is a core essence. I mean, the bread and butter of puppet theater is going to elementary schools, which means I'm doing retellings all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when we did a retelling of Pinocchio, we did not want to do Pinocchio, but we had to. So what we did was we broke it apart and looked at what the elements were that the audience needed to see in order to feel satisfied that they had seen Pinocchio. Uh So they needed to see Pinocchio turn into a donkey. They needed to see his nose grow. They needed the great shark. They needed the cricket. They needed the fox and the cat. They Uh needed Geppetto. Um, But then we told the story of Pinocchio as a young man remembering his puppethood, and we made sure that we hit all of those plot elements. Uh So it was a retelling of Pinocchio. Right. But it was not... And
3: it was, it was Pinocchio retelling Pinocchio. Pinocchio, yes. That's very meta. It was very, very meta. And I like the way we got donkeys into this podcast twice. <laughs> very nice. Okay.
1: Well, Sorry. I think <laughs> you killed that one, Howard. Nice I did not job. mean to. It's ruined all the energy we had. I actually yeah. just thought donkeys. about doing
0: a donkey hee-haw, and I was like, no, we've gone too far now. <laughs> well, like, you know. I have that in my repertoire.
1: Some of them end with a bang, some of them end with a hee haw.
0: Hee-haw, hee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't do it anymore. I used to do this all the Somewhere time. Somewhere out there, one of our,
1: <laughs> our listeners is listening to this, you know, like at work or something, and it's like. I'm going to get some great writing advice from these people, you know, and Uh, uh, (laughs) dear first time
2: listener, I apologize for this one. The boss (laughs) walks by and
1: what? What are you never listen to that again? (laughs) Get back to work.
0: Um, And also sorry for any of you that just did a spit take. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: um, I'm going to give you your writing prompt. I'm going to say, you're going to do a retelling and I want you to do a retelling of a Bible story, but I want you to set it in a science fiction space setting. And yep, that is your last excuse that you have no more excuses. Now go write.
2: Write a story about the Chewbacamic Covenant.
3: (laughs) What?
4: what? (laughs)